Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. We're taking time to jump into part four of Remain in Me, answering the question, Remain How? And so uh, our connection to God is what we've been talking about and uh, how we remain in relationship with Him. As we look around us today, we see what's happening. It's easy to get uh, sidetracked. It's easy to feel burdened and to be shaken. But Jesus reminds us all in this time, it's so very simple. The one thing with everything going on is, is just to remain in Him. And so uh, the past couple of days, we've covered three different principles or values that we believe are important to engaging in a relationship with God, and they are to be relaxed, to be reverent, and to be willing. If you missed any of those, make sure you go back and check them out. But today we're looking at the fourth attitude, which is just as big as the others, and and really it is by far the most overlooked or the most forgotten, or the one we just kind of think it's, it's not anything that we need to do. And so we're looking at what it means to be expectant in our relationship with God. And uh, we've been using the story of Mary and Martha. We're looking at two different types of people here. And um, I just think it's so special that that we have this story to uh, relate to. And I'm just going to point out verse 39, 41, and 42. We're in Luke chapter 10. And we've been looking at this the last uh, three days. But I just want to say this, that um, as we jump in, it says, uh, Jesus and his disciples continue on their way. And they came to uh, a woman named Martha who welcomed them to her home. In verse 39, her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. Uh, the message we put out Sunday goes into depth about what Mary is doing. And it's really the root of this uh, series. And so verse 41 uh, comes in after Martha gets explained that she's very busy. Okay, But 41, the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you're so upset over all these details. There's really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and because she has, it will not be taken away from her. And it's essentially a gift. This is a gift. I'm in your house. I, this is a gift. Today is a gift. And so what you see is Mary was expectant. Mary was expectant. If she wasn't, she never would have sat down. Her and Martha are sisters. They run together, right? Like uh, yesterday, I, I talked about how Heather and Anna are super close. They're sisters, right? But at this point, what's, what's funny is they both kind of split. Mary decides to sit and listen. She knows something's up. She's expectant. Martha does not. And what you see is Martha was trying to prepare for a good experience, and Mary was ready to uh, receive a good experience. Mary was expecting a good experience. It's kind of like Christmas morning for Mary, if you can kind of jump into that, uh, jump into that mode. She was expecting a great gift. Right. And isn't that what everybody everywhere was always expecting from Jesus was a great gift, healing, miracle, energy, life, like good. Right. And that that was just like the constant draw. And isn't that what we expect when when it comes to time to get a present? It's like, yes, yes, let's let's see what you got. And so when you give me a, a gift, I'm excited I am ready. I'm a little bit anxious. My expectation begins to rise because, hey, this could this could be, right? This could be, which is really tied to our hope. And the thing that um, we see is sometimes 
when we get a gift, it's more than we expect. Sometimes it's exactly what we expect, right? Well, I asked for this, so I knew I was going to get it. And then other times when you ask for a gift, it is nothing at all what you expected. What? Why would you get me a tie? You know that I don't wear ties, right? And it's just like some type of random thing. And so in all of that, um, the one thing I want you to see is when you get a gift, isn't it, isn't it strange how we all kind of have that one person in our lives that sometimes gets to be a little bit pushy or jealous or anxious in that moment and just wants to move on? Hey, when can we cut the cake? When is dinner? Like, is this is this over yet? And so... Um, this is just like Martha was doing to Mary when she was sitting with Jesus. Martha was trying to say, hey, can't you get her in here? Can't she just come with me? And Mary's like, no, dude, this is, this is the gift. This is what it's about. I'm, I'm right where I need to be. And Jesus says, she's right where she needs to be, right? Can I tell you that if you will change your expectation on your time with God, everything else will change around it and good will come from it. Every time that you pray, every time that you worship, Every time that you read, it'll be a gift, and it'll turn out better than you expected if you come in expectant. The problem is many of us never expect God to do anything. Um, we know that he's present, but we're too busy, so he gets kind of shuffled, shuffled along with the extras, right? Or we don't expect God to move at all because we believe that God is a God of yesterday, or he's just not in that business anymore. We can't see him working today because we don't expect him to work today. And most of the time, it's because we've lost our connection or we failed to engage with him. But I want to tell you today that God is very much alive. He's very much present. He's very much right in the middle of your mess. He's right in the middle of your circumstance. Some of us see him and some of us don't. And it's not like a literal, like, see him. Some of us can, can sense the presence of God in what we're doing and some of us can't. When you get to the root of God's love for you, you understand that he sees you and that he wants what's best for you. And this is kind of where, where we separate, right? If we fail to accept this, it limits our expectation of him. If we fail to accept this, it limits what we expect in our time with him. You must identify with God the Father, who's your creator, who has open hands towards you, who has open arms towards you, and you've got to get past your past. And that kind of sucks, right? Because you must forgive yourself if you're going to expect God to do anything. We must stop thinking God could never because God can always. It's real easy to go back, well, God would never forgive me. God would never, you, you don't know what I've done. If, if, shoulda, coulda, woulda, and all that regret. And you've got to get past that because God can always. And so we must stop thinking God could never. When we approach our lives with that, well, God could never, the expectation is zero, Right? But when we come in with God can always, the expectation is 100%. God can always work through this. All right? The scripture tells us, man, that God can turn anything that's negative into a positive. God can take anything and turn it to good. And so I want you to see that um, in this, there are uh, three scriptures that really make this happen. It's 1 John 1, uh, 9. If you're going to get past your past, it says, confess your sins. For he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. What's 1 John 1, 9 saying? Own it. Just own it. This is the one thing we teach our kids. Man, hey, whoa, whoa, don't make up an excuse. Just own it. Own it, right? The second thing is this. It's 2 Peter 3, 9. I'm in the English Standard Version, by the way. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, 
as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. What's the root of 2 Peter 3.9? Say sorry. Man, come and be genuinely sorry. Apologize. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. The third thing is 1 John 5.3. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. What's the root of that? Accept it. Just accept it. For this is the love of God, that we keep His ways, and they're not burdensome. Just accept that. It's not heavy. God says, cast all of your cares upon me, for my burden is light. The only thing God wants you to carry is your relationship with him. And he says, if you'll do that, he'll take care of everything else. It's the foundational scripture of our church. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Right? 37 through 39 say this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you do these two things, verse 40 says, everything else will take care of itself. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God. You seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. If you'll just do, if you'll just seek God, if you just remain in relationship, if you'll keep that connection, everything else will take care of itself. What I want you to know today is that God has not called you to anything. He has called you to be someone, right? It's not what you do. It's who you are. You're a son. You're a daughter. God's created you and called you to a relationship, and that's what he wants with you. So what are the action steps? What does it mean to be um, expectant with God? And if you're taking notes, here's where you can start. To be expectant with God just means every time I come into a time of prayer, worship, Bible reading, listening, man, being still, any of those times, I'm going to be expectant and I'm going to be enthusiastic because the creator of the world is going to take time and speak to me and my ears are going to be open, right? Why do we do this? It's Hebrews 11.1 1 and Romans 12.11 and 12. They say this. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. How can I be expectant with a God I can't see? Because I know he's present. Because I have faith, I have, I have Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Romans 12, 11, and 12 says, don't burn out. This is, who, this is huge. This is, where, this is where we've kind of lost, especially as believers, right? Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert and cheerfully expectant. Press in and never quit. Never quit. Don't burn out. Some of us have lost it because we said, well, God can never, when really God can always Romans 12, 11, and 12 needs to be a bumper sticker. It needs to be on your mirror. It should be something that shows you every single day. This is for me. Man, don't burn out. I'm going to keep myself fueled. I'm going to keep myself fueled in a flame. I'm going to be alert, cheerfully expectant, and I'm going to press into my relationship with God. I'm never going to quit because I know if I stay connected with him, everything else will take care of itself. If I take care of that vertical relationship, the horizontal is all good. And so how do you do that? You're going to come in and expect to have a good time of fellowship with God. This is not a one-way street. Relationships are two-way streets. We talk to God through prayer. He speaks to us through the Bible, especially when we're in one-on-one time, when we're not around anybody else, right? And so expect to receive a blessing from your time together, right? Here are your steps. Read, pray, worship, listen, and seek God with purpose. If you've not done any of those, it's a process. Start with one. You start with reading. We talked about that yesterday. Okay, and here's why you want to expect contribution from God 
not just consumption for yourself. That was my pitfall. I just expected to consume a lot of good stuff and say that was good and move on. But what you want is I want to expect contribution from God, not just consumption for myself, right? Because my goal is to learn and grow spiritually so I can live out and lead for others what God's done for me. What's God speaking to me? It's how I can share my chair time, right? Hey, I was in John 17 this morning. This is what it said. It was in John 18 today. I don't have much to share. I highlighted two things. I didn't think it was a, a, a world changer. It changed my life. It changed my life. And so then your goal is to learn and grow so you can live out and lead for others what God is showing you. And we're going to do that best with our feet. We are going to lead by example. Your next step is this. Every time you step into a meeting with God, whether that be a chair time, a prayer time, in the seat of your car, uh, at, in your couch, taking a walk down the street, you're going to ask these three questions. I ask these daily. What am I currently believing for? What am I currently believing for? Am I expectant? If you're not believing for anything, you can't get upset when nothing shows up. If you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it every time. What am I currently believing for? Where Number two, where am I forcing myself to stretch? Are you uncomfortable at all right now? And I'm not talking about like the discomfort of being stuck at home, but like, are you forcing yourself to grow in any area? Are you creating a reach for yourself? If not, how can God move in that? And how can you ask God to move in that? The third one is, where do I need God to work today? Where do I need God to work on my behalf today? And the reality is that the answer is no, then, then God's not playing a part in your life. You're playing God. You're in the God seat because you've got it all under control. You have it yourself. That was for me. So then once you answer those three questions, man, make sure you keep those in front of you. The question you have to answer now is this. From this point forward, how will I engage God? How will I connect? How will I remain? You're going to be half-hearted have to, or you're going to be an enthusiastic get to. It is either going to be a half-hearted, man, I have to do this because... God called me and created this, so I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to pray, but I know I'm not going to get anything from so I'm, you know. No, it's got to be a, man, I am wholehearted. I am enthusiastic. It's a get to. It's Colossians 3.23. Whatever your hand finds to do, word, deed, doesn't matter. Do it wholeheartedly with enthusiasm as for God, man, especially in your relationship or your chair time, Okay. So in this, I'm going to close. Remember, every day is a gift. Every time that you sit down and meet with God is a gift. What you expect, what you give is what you will get, right? If you come in with a low-level expectation, don't be upset with a low-level result, man. Come in and raise your expectation. Expect to get something from God, not just consumption for yourself. God wants to contribute to your life, and he wants to do it through a daily meeting with you, okay? Because he wants you to grow spiritually. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.